Hello everyone and welcome back to The Rebound. My name is Rowan Shaberg and I am so happy that you're here listening with me today. Um, if you missed the last episode of the podcast, which was the first ever episode, um, it was basically just an introduction about me and some of my goals for the podcast. So nothing too basketball related, but if you want to learn a, bit, a little bit more about me, um, you are more than welcome to go listen to the first episode and um, yeah, just learn a little bit more about me. But today we are diving deep into women's basketball, what's going on in the WNBA and the NCAA, but mostly focusing on a lot of these free agency um, transactions that are going on right now. And yeah, I can't wait to talk about it. Okay, so I'm not going to lie. Before I started recording this episode, I really did not know much about the WNBA free agency. Really all I know is that there's a time period around winter time when all these players are moving from team to team and signing new contracts and I just kind of watch it happen, not really understanding what's kind of going on behind the scenes with that. Um, So I had to do a little bit of research before I recorded to make sure I was giving all the information I possibly could and I still don't really think that I understand it as much as I probably should. Um, There's a lot of legal um, lingo in there that I don't really understand, but I'm going to try and um, share it in a way that might be understandable, um, just because I think it's something that will be really helpful to understand when we're talking about all these really big trades that have been headlines um, in the news lately in the WNBA. So, First, I wanted to go over a couple like words that I might be using throughout the podcast that I did not know the, what they meant before, and I thought that it would be helpful to share what they mean for people that haven't heard them either. So, um, the first the first phrase I might be saying is restricted free agent, and that is a free agent who's been extended what's called a qualifying offer, which is a contract that the player's prior team offers in order to make a negotiation kind of kick in. Um, So that team brings forward an offer and that player is able to talk to other teams and they can also put in an offer. So if another team puts in an offer, her prior team has four days to match that offer. And if they are able to match that offer, then that player stays um, on her previous team. And if they are unable to match that offer, she is going to the team that offered her more. Um, So these players are usually players with four years or less of experience um, that are kind of finishing up their rookie contracts. So they're kind of choosing, you know, where they're going to take the rest of their career. So that is a restricted free agent. And then next is an unrestricted free agent. And these free agents do not receive a qualifying offer from their team that kind of sets the basis for negotiations. So they are allowed to talk and sign with any team. Um, And so this kind of gives them a little bit more control over where they go. There's not so much of, you know, can a team match the offer that my prior team put forward it's kind of you know you're deciding your fate and if you choose the team with you know more money for example you can do that but you could also choose one that might feel better for um, like other reasons so that is an unrestricted free agent And then one that I had not really heard before um, is a reserve player. And so these are players that have played for usually three or fewer seasons and their prior team has exclusive negotiating rights, which is, you know, basically just being able to talk to the player about, you know, what their needs are and not with a restricted free agent, the team kind of brings forward an offer take it or leave it, Um, but with reserved players and with unrestricted free agents, um, the players are able to negotiate a little bit more with the team. Um, And so they, um, these reserved players are usually, when you're looking at the list of the players that are reserved players this year, they are usually players that were undrafted or drafted and then waived. Um, So they're kind of floating around in, you know, from WNBA team to WNBA team and are able to talk one-on-one with those teams about their needs. Um, And then the last kind of free agent are um, core players. So these are players that are designated by their prior teams um, as core players. And so usually these are kind of star players that the team wants to keep and designating them as a core player gives them um, exclusive negotiating rights. So they're able to, you know, talk about 
kind of what do you need to stay in, you know, at, with this franchise. And so um, usually, again, these are star players that um, the team believes are an asset to their team. And a player can only be cored three times in their career. Um, but starting in 2022, they can only be cored twice. So that's going to be really interesting to see how that shakes up the free agency even more next season um, when probably a lot of players are going to run out of that core designation. So those are the four little um, phrases that I might be using throughout this episode um, that are very interesting when talking about free agency and negotiations and trades and all these things. So um, yeah, after all of that, um, I am very excited to get into some of these headline trades. Alright, so when talking about this free agency period, I think that the biggest headline to come out of this entire free agency period that, if you don't know much about women's basketball, you probably still heard about this, Candace Parker is leaving the LA Sparks just crazy. I was shocked when I heard this. Um, If you don't know much about her career, she has been an LA Sparks player from the beginning. She's played 13 seasons there. She is the face of the franchise, without a doubt. And um, this really came as a shock to me. I thought she was going to be a, you know, super Diana Taurasi kind of type, where she was going to stay in one place her whole career. And I thought that that was going to be LA. And so um, she is now going to be with the Chicago Sky next year. Um, Chicago is where she grew up. So she's when she's talking about her trade and her move, she's been talking a lot about, you know, going home and how um, she kind of wanna, wants to finish off her career in Chicago. So I thought that that was really interesting. And um, I'm really glad that she could make that move and she seemed really happy about it. Um, something that I kind of had in the back of my mind when this news came out was a little bit about the coaching dynamic that um, I think may have actually pushed her away from LA. Um, She's never really seemed to have a lot of issues with the coaches there, Um, but a couple years ago, if you remember, in 2018, I think, um, when Derek Fisher became the new coach of the LA Sparks, he's still the current coach, um, there was a little clip that went viral when he benched Candace Parker during the finals and she was clearly upset about it and it seems like there's a bit of um, butting heads with Derek Fisher and Candace Parker so you know just a speculation but I have a feeling that she did not really want to stay in LA for the remainder of her career um, because it seems like she's had some issues with Derek Fisher so again all speculation not really sure about that but um, I would be interested to see if Derek Fisher had not been a appointed the head coach um, a few years back if she would have finished out her career in LA um, or if she still would have made a move. So I thought that that was really interesting. Um, Looking at the Sky roster right now, you know, there's nothing bad you can say about a player of Candace Parker's caliber coming to a new team. I think that I am a huge fan of the Sky. I've always been a huge fan of the Sky, especially um, after James Wade became the head coach. He's one of my favorite coaches in the league. I think that he has done a really great job at kind of turning this team around. And the Sky has been pretty consistent over the past couple years. And I think that Candace being there could give them that push that they need to be a championship team. Um, I think there are a few people in on the Sky's roster um, that I think could have had a little bit more playing time. And that probably will be a little bit more limited after getting someone of Candace Parker's caliber. But um, again, there's no complaints about having someone like um, Candace Parker on the Chicago Sky. So um, I'm really interested to see how that'll shake out and if she will bring a championship to Chicago because I think that they have a great base. They have, you know, great guards in Courtney Vandersloot and Allie Quigley, and they also have, you know, uh, she's going to be a second year player in Ruthie Hebert, who is kind of coming up as a forward and, you know, another guard in Diamond to Shields. They have a really great basis um, of players on their team. And I just think that Candace Parker could take them to the next level. Um, will there be some issues maybe having her coming into this completely new team after having a team really centered around her? I- I'm not sure. I kind of have a feeling that 
when big players like that come to a new team, there might be, you know, some rebuilding and some kind of figuring out leadership and how that's going to work. But I just know that she is going to bring that kind of energy and fire that she has in her game to anywhere she goes. So that was the trade that I think shocked everyone and um, was really surprising, but when you look at it, I think it was a pretty good move, and especially if there were coaching issues, I think that it's best to figure that out um, and just go somewhere else and, you know, start something new. Okay, so you all know I am a Storm fan through and through. Um, I would love to get into some of the other trades that I've seen happen, but you know, it's not just a biased standpoint because I'm a Storm fan. The Storm has done a lot of different trades and the roster looks completely different, um, which is kind of hard for me to see as a fan, but it is really interesting when you're looking at the free agency as a whole and also looking forward into 2021 season predictions. I think that there's going to be a lot of um, different standings and I, I'm just really excited to see how this season is going to shake out. But anyway, back to Seattle. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about what they're looking like right now um, and some of the trades that have also been in headlines. So um, the first big trade that kind of shocked everyone in the women's basketball community was Alicia Clark being traded from the Seattle Storm. Um, just coming from a fan standpoint, I was very, very sad about this trade. I loved Alicia Clark. She was such an asset to the team and something about her that I think is really underrated when it comes to um, her role on the Storm team that probably someone, um, you know, only that is a, is a fan and really watches her and watches the team can see is just her leadership and um, her personality and her ability to kind of hold the team together. Um, you know, when you think of the storm, you think of Sue Bird, but when you look at the huddles, you really see Alicia Clark being um, really vocal and she really does keep that team together. And so that was definitely um, hard for me when I saw that she had been traded to the Mystics. Um, but I know that she is an amazing player and will um, really bring a lot to the Mystics. So so anyway, very, very sad about that. Um, I think that she was someone that the Storm, you know, should not have given up. I'm not sure if they really had much of a um, much of a say in that because I think that the Mystics were offering her a lot more money that she deserves. And I think when you're thinking about free agency, um, something that is really important is the pay aspect of it. You know, women's basketball players are not paid as much and if they're given some kind of salary increase they're gonna go there you know like they're they're going to get as much as they can because it's not much another storm trade that i wanted to talk about was this very bizarre three-way trade between the new york liberty the seattle storm and the dallas wings that happened pretty recently um that had a lot of people surprised again um, as most people are during this free agency it's been a crazy one as I've said um, so the big headlines of this trade was two storm players were headed to New York and that was Natasha Howard and Sammy Wickcomb and again a little sidebar as a fan of this team um, I was, again, very, very sad about this trade. I um, I think I was more sad about Sammy Whitcomb just from a, um, you know, a fan watching her, like, personality-wise and also history-wise. Um, if you don't know much about Sammy Whitcomb, she was a player at the University of Washington in Seattle, um, and she graduated in, back in 2010, and she went undrafted in the WNBA, um, and she played overseas for a while until she signed a contract with the Storm in 2017, um, and then signed a multi-year deal with the Storm in 2018. And she has been a very underrated asset to the Storm um, in the Wubble, um, the bubble over um, the 2020 season. She led the bench in scoring and she is an amazing three-point shooter and she's just been a complete asset to the team. Um, and I really 
like that history of her, you know, going to University of Washington and coming up to the storm and kind of having that Seattle aspect. So I was very surprised when she was traded just because of that Seattle aspect. I was thinking, you know, that she would always have her career in Seattle because of that connection. But, you know, seemed like she might have wanted a change. And um, I think that that is really great for her career. I think that by her going to New York, she will be seen as more than just, you know, a Seattle player. Like, she, her game can transfer, and I think she's going to do really great things in New York. Also, her wife just had a baby, so congratulations to them. He's so cute. Um, and so I think that there will be a lot of new things in her next season with the Liberty, and um, I am very excited to see her there in New York, but very sad to see her go. Um, and the other person that was a part of this three-way trade was Natasha Howard going to the New York Liberty. This was shocking to me, um, before I learned a little bit more about the free agency, um, because, as I was saying before, um, they're one of the types of free agents is a core player, and this year only three players were cored. Neka Gumake of the LA Sparks, Liz Cambage of the Las Vegas Aces, and Natasha Howard. So the Storm cored Natasha Howard, kind of giving her that, you know, star player um, negotiating rights designation, and they you know, after they cored her, I was like, oh, okay, you know, she's staying there, she's cored, you know, I thought that's kind of what that meant, um, but then, you know, it came out that she had been traded to New York, so what that means is basically that she either requested change or, um, the Liberty came to the storm with an offer, but she, because she was a core player, she was able to accept or reject the Liberty's offer if they came forward with one. So, um, so my thoughts in this trade, I think that Natasha wanted this change. Um, if I were the storm, I would not have given her up with a fight. If you don't know, um, about Natasha's history, she was drafted to Indiana in 2014. Um, she went from Indiana to Minnesota where she won a championship with Minnesota in 2017. And then she came to the storm in 2018 and she, in her f three years with the storm, she has won two championships and I I think that those things definitely correlate. When you're looking at her stats, um, she came to Seattle in 2018, and in 2017 with Minnesota, she averaged 4.3 points a game, and in her first year with Seattle, that jumped to 13.2. And then again in 2019, that jumped to 18.1 points per game. So she was a complete asset to the Storm's um, championship win in 2018 and 2020, and she also won defensive player of the year in 2019 with the storm so she has really had a breakout career since coming to the storm and if I were the storm I think I would have really fought for her to stay on the team um so I think from my perspective she is a person that really really wants you know her career to progress even further and I know that she definitely could she is completely capable of that um and she said in a um, in an article with ESPN, she said that she hoped to go on an MVP run in New York, and I definitely think that if she, if her goal is MVP, Seattle is not really the place to do it. I mean, you have players like Brianna Stewart, Sue Bird, all these people that, you know, what a great team, but they're kind of stealing your thunder, and she did an amazing job in Seattle, but I think that she could stand out so much more in a team um, on a team like New York. So I wish her all the best. I am going to miss her as a Storm fan, but um, I think that this was a really great move for the Liberty to get her and also a great move for her if she is in pursuit of um, an MVP award. So I'm excited to see how that's going to shake out. 
so I guess this would be a good time to talk a little bit of predictions um, when it comes to the New York Liberty. So I think that these two trades, um, acquiring Natasha Howard and acquiring Sammy Wickham, was a great move by um, Walt Hopkins, who is the coach of the New York Liberty. Also, Walt Hopkins, um, I'm going to add, was an assistant coach um, for the Minnesota Lynx with Natasha Howard when she was in Minnesota. So I think that that also adds kind of a layer to this trade is that he has coached her he knows her um, and I think that's going to be really helpful in the long run um, so when the New York Liberty acquired um, Natasha Howard and Sammy Wickham they also traded Kia Nurse and Megan Walker to Phoenix which I thought was really interesting um, Kia Nurse was really one of their um, veteran players even though she has only played a few years in the league she was um, the New York Liberty's kind of main player and she is off to Phoenix and I'm really happy about that trade actually I think she's gonna do really great um, in Phoenix but um, as I kind of alluded to before the New York Liberty was a very young team extremely young team and um, there were really no veterans um, or seniority at all um, on this team and also going to add that the New York Liberty was the bottom of the 2020 season they finished last um, that probably could have been changed if their number one overall pick, Sabrina Ionescu, had been in the um, in the wobble. She left with an ankle injury, but I think that that could, probably could have changed a little bit of where they ended um, the season. But you know, she was still a rookie, and um, it says a lot to have a player like Ionescu who's so talented. Um, but it also says a lot when you have veterans, and so um, I think that this trade where they're, you know, kind of getting rid of some of the players that haven't been there for as long and getting, you know, veterans in Natasha Howard and Sammy Wickham, I think that that is going to really propel um, the Liberty to the next level. And Natasha Howard, again, I'm going to say it, is a perfect match for this team. When you look at a player like Sabrina Ionescu, amazing guard, amazing playmaker. She needs someone like Natasha Howard to, you know, help her make those plays. And she is going to, I think that the two of them are going to do great together um, at guard and forward, um, kind of working together. If you watched Sabrina Ionescu at um, Oregon, she and Satu Sabali, like they were really great passing back and forth. And I think that um, she could be that with Natasha Howard. So I thought that that was a really great move. Um, I think Natasha is going to be a complete asset to the New York Liberty and really bring them to that next level. Um, so yeah, I think that with New York could be a rebuilding year, not really sure, maybe getting some of that chemistry in. Um, Sabrina is going to be playing basically her first season in the WNBA um, because she was only allowed or only able to play a few games in the 2020 season. So um, I'm interested to see what that's going to look like. They either could come out on top or they could come out kind of in the middle, you know, still trying to figure things out. But I am super excited to see New York. Um, another trade that New York did that was really shocking to me um, was one of their seen you know, veteran players, if you could even call her that, um, Amanda Zowie B. She has been in New York her whole career. Um, she was the number two pick in the 2015 WNBA draft. Um, so she has been there for about five seasons and she got traded to the LA Sparks. Um, so that was really exciting. I really like that trade. I think that she's always been a player that probably could do a little bit more with maybe, you know, different coaching, different, I'm not really sure what, but sometimes it just takes a team change to really bring out um, some talent in players and that's how I feel about Amanda Zowie B. So I really hope that she does well over in um, LA and yeah so New York looking like a very different team but very excited to see it. Um, Sabrina Unescu is you know just a player that everyone is really awaiting her kind of WNBA debut and um, just seeing how she's going to kind of live up to that hype that she made um, in Oregon. So 
those are my thoughts on the New York trade. Um, I talked a little bit about Candace Parker um, leaving LA, Amanda Zowie um joining LA. So I thought I'd talk a little bit about LA right now. Um, they are looking very different. Um, just when you look at their leadership, their main players, they're looking very different. Candace, obviously, big loss. Um, but an underrated loss I wanted to talk a little bit about is Chelsea Gray. Um, she got traded to the Aces, the Las Vegas Aces, during this um, restricted, unrestricted free agent period. Um, she and Candace Parker were very close when they were playing. Chelsea Gray, I think, is one of the most underrated players in the WNBA. Her ability to make plays is just amazing. I think she's a really great guard. Um, and when you look at her stats, her assist um, percentage is just going up and up every year of her career. Um, and she is just beautiful passer, um, can really knock down some really key shots, and um, I I think that she is someone that you can also talk about when you're thinking about duos in the WNBA that just work really well together. Her and Candace Parker, they they know each other, they know how to make plays together. Um, and you know, even when it was said that Candace was moving, um, that's kind of putting Chelsea Gray at the face of the team. And now that Chelsea Gray is going to the Aces, um, I think that that could be really interesting. Um, I could get more into Chelsea Gray another time. I think that she is a really great player. But um, yeah, so that's going to be an interesting um, team in the LA Sparks. When you're looking at their current roster um, and you're looking at veterans, really the only person that um, is there is Christy Tolliver, who was traded um, in 2020 but sat out of the 2020 WNBA season. And so I think that that is going to be really interesting. Um, I feel like the LA Sparks are kind of always one of those teams that is consistently, you know, in the middle or at the top they're always kind of a contender, but this year may look different. Um, I think it's going to be interesting for Christy Tolliver to start out as the veteran leader on this team um, that she's never been at before. Um, I know that she talked a lot with Candace Parker um, when she when they were in the wobble and, you know, just kind of learning the team and getting to know the team a little bit, but she, it's going to be her first season with the Sparks. And so I'm interested to see how, um, leadership is going to work and how kind of the gelling of the team is going to go. So LA kind of predicting going to be a rebuild year for them, kind of lower down in the standings. So another team that has made some really big moves this offseason and is starting to look in a bit of a championship contending position is the Minnesota Lynx. Um, so they've always been kind of like LA, just one of those teams that is consistently somewhere in the top. And this last 2020 wobble season, they were actually talked about for the championship um, by the end of the season. And they ended up coming in fourth in the standings in the wobble. So very consistent from them last season. So when looking at their roster, they have a really great basis to um, kind of build off of um, when they're looking at trades. They have some great powerhouse players, veteran and um, new, that I wanted to talk a little bit about just to um, give a little bit of background on the team. Um, when you think of the Minnesota Lynx, you think of Sylvia Fowles. She is an amazing center in her 13th season. Um, she does so much for this team, and she always keeps them consistently at the top. Um, one of the best centers in the league, in my opinion. Um, I think she's great. And then some newer players like Nafisa Collier, who has had a really breakout season in the bubble. She was talked about for MVP and was the 2019 Rookie of the Year. Um, and I think that she is going to be one of the greats in the league. Um, and as well as her UConn teammate, um, Crystal Dangerfield, who was a rookie last year. She is a five foot five guard, very, very small for the league. Um, but I love her for that because I'm 5'3", and um, I love seeing some shorter people in the league. But she is a great guard. I think she has really great potential in the league, and I think Minnesota was the perfect place for her um, to kind of build her game, and I think she's only going to go up from here. 
So that's a little bit of backstory on the Minnesota Lynx team. They have a great base and um, just more to build off of. Um, but when you're talking about the 2020 Wubble season, I think that someone that was really underrated um, was Odyssey Sims, who played for the Minnesota Lynx and was recently just traded. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, but she has played for Minnesota in the 2019 and 2020 season. Um, before that, she played for LA, Dallas, and um, Tulsa that is no longer a team um, but she is a really consistent great um, point guard and one of the things that I think is a reason why she is so underrated um, she had a baby in April of 2020 and she still was able to come back get in shape and finish off the WNBA 2020 Wubble season so I think that is amazing I believe she came back to the Wubble in July maybe August um, I'm not too sure about that but to have that kind of turnaround from having a baby in April and being back as a professional athlete at the level that they were playing is just incredible to me and after coming back from that she still averaged 9.4 points a game and she was just a an amazing playmaker for the Minnesota Lynx. Um, so props to her. She really had an amazing season, um, which is why I was pretty surprised when I saw that the Minnesota Lynx um, traded her a couple weeks ago. And um, at first they traded her to Indiana in um, with Natalie Anchanwa coming to the Minnesota Lynx. Um, this was surprising. I was very surprised again. I think Odyssey did a great job um, with the Lynx, but it looks like the Lynx are really starting to um, build more of a name for themselves. And in a little, after reading a little bit, it seems that um, they traded Odyssey to have enough money to sign some of these bigger name players. So they added three new players to their roster that I just think are amazing players. And I am, you know, I'm very excited to see the three of them playing together. Um, so they got Natalie Achanwa from Indiana um, and Kayla McBride from the Las Vegas Aces and Ariel Powers from um, the Washington Mystics. So three big WNBA names that you've heard before that are now coming to the Minnesota Lynx. Um, is that a good trade for Odyssey Sims? I think yes. I think I would say yes. Um, they, you know, got rid of a guard and got an amazing guard in Kayla McBride. I am a huge fan of her. Um, I think that she needs a new place to kind of thrive. Um, the Las Vegas Aces are a very guard-heavy team. Um, they have lots of talent in that arena, and so I think that with Kayla McBride coming to a team like the Minnesota Lynx with um, the only guards are kind of newer players, um, kind of starting to understand the league. So having Kayla McBride added to the roster, I think is a great move by um, head coach Cheryl Reeve. And I think that she is going to be a great mentor to other guards like Crystal Dangerfield. Um, but I think that this was a great trade. You also get a forward guard in Ariel Powers, who I think plays both of those positions very well um, and I think that Minnesota came out with the um, long end of the stick on this trade. Natalie Achanwa has played for Indiana most of her career and um, she is a great 6-3 forward um, and I think that the three of them will work great together especially with players like Sylvia Fowles and Nafisa Collier also. So I see the Minnesota Lynx being a powerhouse of a team and looking at the roster you have a lot of people that have started on a team um, one way or another so the bench is going to be very very powerful and I'm excited to see how um, people like Kayla McBride as a guard and Sylvia Fowles as the center um, how they can play make with that and I think that there are going to be so many great um, combinations of people that are going to um, make amazing plays for the Minnesota Lynx. So I think that that was a great trade and seeing that three, those three, Kayla McBride, Ariel Powers, and Natalie Anchanwa coming to the Minnesota Lynx team with someone like Sylvia Fowles and Nafisa Collier already on the roster, I think it's a done deal. I think that they are really going to be at the top. So that is my um, look at the Minnesota Lynx. Great job, Cheryl Reeve. Um, great trade that you got going on there. 
So back to predictions. I talked a little bit about the Storm's trades, and now I realize I kind of went off on a tangent. So heading back to the Storm, um, looking at who they gained, um, I think that when you're looking at all of these trades, there are a lot of people that the Storm lost that were really key players um, in, you know, as I said, Alicia Clark, Natasha Howard, Sammy Whitcomb, also Crystal Langhorn announced her retirement. Um, love her. I have loved watching her play for the Storm, and I am very happy that even though she is retiring, she is going to be working in the Storm front office in the Force for Change um, social justice initiative that the Storm has going on. So um, I will miss her a lot. Um, but looking at the people that the Storm has acquired, the first person I wanted to talk about is Candace Dupree. She was the first person that the Storm acquired um, in any of the trades, and this was really interesting to me. I'm really excited about this trade, um, but again, definitely was very interesting. If you don't know much about Candace Dupree, um, she has been in the league since 2006, so she is a veteran in every sense of the word. Um, started out in Chicago for a few seasons, and then had a pretty long stint in Phoenix, where she did a really um, great job, had a great career there and then was transferred to Indiana in 2017. Um, so when I saw that she was coming to Seattle, I was very surprised. Um, since the retirement of the great Tamika Catchings, um, Candace Dupree has really been the face of the Indiana team. And when Tamika Catchings was in Indiana, um, they really were a reigning team. They were in the first, second, or third spot um, basically for you know, her entire career, won the WNBA finals in 2012. Um, so then when she retired, they definitely have been on a downward spiral. Um, and really the only player kind of keeping them afloat being that veteran presence has been Candace Dupree. Um, they have had a, a few bad seasons since she came in 2017, being sixth or fourth or fifth in um, the in the league consistently um, for the past few years. So I think that she's kind of been the only person keeping them afloat. And now with her being traded, their roster is looking very, very young. And before she was traded, again, looking very, very young. And she was really the only veteran presence. So I thought that was an interesting move by Indiana. It did free up some spots um, for them to sign some veterans like Danielle Robinson. Um, she came from the Aces. Also, Jontel Lavender, I think, is a really great addition to the Fever team. And also, this just came out today, that Jessica Breland is also heading to Indiana. So there you have eight years of experience from Breland, nine years from Jontel Lavender, and also nine years from Danielle Robinson. Um, looking at the rest of that roster, you know, one, two, three years is mostly what you're seeing there. Um, so when that trade first came out, I was very surprised um, from the Fever standpoint, just kind of giving up the face of their team, um, someone that has, you know, been a bit consistent, I guess, um, in a very non-consistent team. Um, so anyway, very excited to have Candice Dupree. She, her entire career has averaged over 13 points, um, and so I just think that she's going to be a really great, consistent um, shooter for the Storm, bringing in some more veteran presence after le after losing you know, someone like Crystal Langhorn and Alicia Clark, who had that kind of veteran um, standpoint as well. So that is Candace Dupree. Um, the next trade that I wanted to talk a little bit about was in this um, trade with uh, Natasha Howard, Sammy Whitcomb, um, with the New York Liberty and the Storm. A third team was added in there, and that was the Dallas Wings. Um, so when Natasha Howard was traded to the New York Liberty, that um, the New York Liberty gave the Storm their first round draft pick that they won in the draft lottery, um, which would have been very interesting. They had the first overall pick last year in the 2020 draft. Um, where they got Sabrina Ionescu, and so they gave up this um, first pick again um, in the 2021 season. I think that was a good move on their part. Again, um, going back to Liberty, they need those veterans, and I don't really think that they need another 
number one draft pick. Um, so good move. Um, so gave that pick to Seattle. And then that that um, the Seattle Storm gave away that pick to the Dallas Wings in um, in exchange for Katie Lou Samuelson. So that is a very exciting trade to me as um, a Storm fan. I have loved watching Katie Lou Samuelson out of UConn. She was really one of those players at UConn that dominated um, and had a lot of hype going into the WNBA and, in my opinion, didn't quite um, meet that hype, but I'm excited to see where her career can blossom from that. Um, She was drafted in 2019 to the Chicago Sky. She was number number four overall to the Chicago Sky, and in Chicago, she played a lot of games but only averaged about 2.4 points and 7.6 minutes in each game. Um, her career high in Chicago was only 10 points, um, and she had an injury in there, and then she was moved to Dallas, and she did definitely, um, a better job in Dallas, but it seems like the Wings were willing to kind of let her go for a first pick, so that is what we got, and I am very excited about this. Um, when thinking about someone of the UConn caliber like Katie Lou Samuelson, I think she's really going to match the energy of the Seattle Storm team. You have, you know, two other UConn graduates um, in Brianna Stewart and Sue Bird that know that kind of UConn mentality. And I also think that that's going to be really helpful for gelling together um, chemistry with Katie Lou, who played with Brianna Stewart at UConn. They're very close friends, and I think that that's really going to help um, bring the storm up to a high level fast and not really give them that time to gel. Um, so I think that the chemistry aspect is going to be great. Um, Playing-wise, she definitely made a jump in some of her stats um, from her first year to her second year, and I think that that is going to jump even higher in her third year. Um, I also think that she is a really great defensive piece that the Storm has lost through trades, and that kind of goes back to the Alicia Clark, Natasha Howard trade. My biggest Um, concern with trading those two players is that defensive aspect. Um, Alicia Clark was the unanimous first team um, all-defensive player um, back in 2020. Um, A lot of people thought that she should have been the defensive player of the year over Candace Parker. I definitely thought that, Um, but she was still the unanimous um, pick for the first all-defensive team. Um, so she brings she brought a huge um, defensive component to the Storm. And also Natasha Howard won Defensive Player of the Year back in 2019. So the Storm really, um, one of their huge key parts that added to all these championship runs that they have had has been their defense. And I know um, that head coach Dan Hughes is very um, heavy on defense, and that is kind of his thing. So it was interesting, um, a little troublesome when I saw that um, those two players were going to be traded, but Katie Lou Samuelson really stepped up last season um, with blocks and just defense. I really like her defense, and so I'm hoping that she will bring a little bit of that to the team and also you know, learn a lot from Coach Dan Hughes to be able to um, bring a more defensive side back to the storm. Um, So I'm really excited about this. I think that the, um, I think that she is a great fit for the storm. Really, again, high caliber team um, with a lot of, you know, defense and a lot of um, kind of chemistry is something that really keeps the storm together. So I think she's going to be a really great addition to the storm. So the last big um, trade that happened for the Storm was acquiring Tamara Young, who I have been a huge fan of on and off the court um, for a while. Looking at her stats, she is a really consistent um, player, kind of averaging around seven, eight points per season, Um, but she has really been tossed around from team to team, um, going from Atlanta to Chicago for a pretty long time. She had a long stint in Chicago, but then, you know, Atlanta and then 
lastly, she was in Las Vegas with the Aces, which, again, I mentioned a little bit before, is a very um, guard-heavy team. So didn't play as much when she was in um, Vegas, but still made an impact. She averaged 9.9 points um, in 2018 and 5 points in 2019. Um she set out the 2020 season, so I'm interested to see if when she comes to the Storm in 2021, you know, was that time helpful? Will that help improve her game or did it kind of hurt her game? Um, which I think is going to be a question with a lot of these um, players that opted out of the 2020 season. But I am a very big fan of her, um, hoping that she will be able to bring that veteran presence to the Storm as well. Um, I feel like I've been tossing that word around a lot, but it is very important to have that veteran presence um, because, you know, that's just something that will help the younger players understand the league a bit more. Um, so that was another trade that I was excited about. Um, uh, the last two um, people that I don't know as much about, so I'm not going to talk too much about them, but um, the Storm also acquired Makia Herbert Harrigan from the Minnesota Lynx. Um, she was a rookie with Minnesota last year, um, and she played at South Carolina um, for college. She was really great at South Carolina. Um, she only averaged about 11 minutes in um, her first season with the Lynx, but after doing some research about um, how she was in South Carolina, I think that she could really have potential um, in the WNBA. Another person that was traded to the Storm was Stephanie Talbot. Um, I've, you know, heard her name around the league a little bit. She came from Phoenix. Um, she seems like she might be um, on the team, might not. Um, she was just signed to a training camp contract. So we'll see how those two players um come into the storm and work in the storm. So I think that um, I've talked about the storm a lot. Um, I think that there are a lot of things that go into what happened with them. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit more prediction and a little bit more about them. When you're looking at it, did they get the long end of the stick in this trade? I think not, personally. Um, I think that losing Alicia Clark and Natasha Howard um, and also Sammy Whitcomb were huge, huge losses. Um, I think that the number one priority for the Storm should have been keeping Alicia Clark. Um, but the reality of it is, um, when you look at the money differences that Alicia Clark and Natasha Howard are getting... Um, you can't pass that up, and I think that the Storm just did not have enough money to keep um, Natasha Howard and Alicia Clark, and that is something that is so hard about this league is that, you know, there are so many people that want to stay with the team, but really the money aspect is a big part. Um, any of the players want to make as much as they can in the WNBA, so then they don't have to go overseas during the offseason, or when they are in the WNBA, they want to be on a team, you know, near family or near people they know before they go um, to uh, go overseas for the offseason um, because they don't make enough money in the WNBA. So looking at Natasha Howard, um, this deal that she made with the New York Liberty, she has the fourth most expensive um, deal in the WNBA right now. So she is going to be the, you know, fourth um, leading paid athlete in the WNBA with this deal. And that's just something you can't pass up. Um, and the Storm, you know, couldn't really match that. And, um, you know, with, with a high caliber team like the Storm has, you have to pay these people like Brianna Stewart and Sue Bird and Jewel Lloyd um, that, you know, need that kind of money. And so if you have to give up some people, that's probably going to happen. But I just think that um, Alicia Clark should have been the person that they really um, took the time to try and match that offer and find the money to find her. Um because she just did so much defensively, so much um, socially as well. She really was the heart and soul of this team. So um, I think that that's really interesting. Interested to see what happens with the Storm. You know, got some big names like Katie Lou, Candice Dupree, but, you know, who is really going to be the glue that ties the team together? It's Sue, it's Stewie, it's um, Jewel Lloyd, but, you know, looking at these trades, it looks like the Storm is trying to get some younger people 
in the team to be there when Subert retires, which unfortunately I think will be sooner than we think. So that's my little analysis um, of the storm and some of the other teams that I wanted to talk a little bit about before we end this episode. I think the one I really want to just talk about very briefly is Phoenix. Um, They're another one of those, you know, Minnesota, LA teams that are always kind of in the talks. Um, They're always pretty consistent. Um, Resigned Diana Taurasi, are we surprised? No. Um, I think that she's going to definitely be a Sue Bird um, type where she's going to stay in Phoenix her whole career, um, and she really is that team. Um, but they also acquired um, Kia Nurse and Megan Walker from the New York Liberty, which I mentioned a little bit before. Um, these are two UConn alums, um, which now makes four UConn alums on the Phoenix Mercury roster. So that's kind of a fun little element, but nothing too crazy with the Phoenix Mercury. So that kind of wraps up um, all of my thoughts on different trades. Um, Again, storm heavy, you know, big trades there. Um, LA Sparks, big trades there. Um, New York Liberty, also big trades there. So I am very interested to see how this all shakes out. Um, The trading is definitely not over yet. Um, People are constantly being traded, but those are some of the big headlines that I think have kind of, um, you know, I think now there are a lot of smaller players that are being traded around. So those were all the really big names, um, and I'm really interested to see how this will affect the way that the league is. Definitely excited to do some preseason predictions um, after the draft, which is in April. Um, It is currently mid-February, so we're kind of coming up on the draft, and um, I'm definitely going to do some episodes about um, who I'm looking at in the NCAA. I said I was going to talk a little bit about that in today's episode, but definitely um, lots to talk about in the WNBA free agency. Um, So I think my next episode is definitely going to be about who I'm looking at in the NCAA right now as we prepare for March Madness, which not really sure how that's going to go with everything going on in the pandemic right now. Um, But then looking forward to the WNBA draft and what seniors I'm looking at to be the future of the WNBA. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed listening about some of the free agency and trades that have gone on in the WNBA offseason. Feel free to tweet me um, if you have any comments about the podcast or anything that I talked about. I would love to create some conversation around it. Um, So again, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's StormFan. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Rowan Shaberg. And I will be posting there when I upload new episodes. Um, So thank you again for your support of my podcast. I really appreciate it and I will see you in the next episode of The Rebound.